Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. You know about our podcast, but what about the items in our building? Pod Squad members Tracy Carr and Alex Brower talk about various items in the Library Commission's collection, including material on worms, a murder scandal, and Tammy Wynette. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm Tracy. Uh, I'm Alex. And today we're going to talk about some of the cool things in the Library Commission's collection. Not every state library agency has a real working library, but we do. And we have state documents, federal documents, nonfiction, fiction, large print, microfilm, a lot of, oh, reference. I'm sorry, Alex, I forgot reference. You can't leave out reference. Right. Um, And so we have gathered some things that we thought you might want to hear about. So some of the stuff that I brought is some of our stuff from our Mississippi reference and our general reference collection. One of the books that I bought from our Mississippi reference is called Brosines and Doodlums. Doodlum? Um, Doodlum. It is the name of a private currency in Mississippi, and this book is about large companies used to have their own kind of private money, so their money would really just go back into their own company. People couldn't really spend it anywhere else. That is pretty genius. It is pretty genius, but it's also terrible. Do you know who, what company called their currency doodlum? I don't off the top of my head, which is a terrible, a terrible tragedy. I also have our cat collectibles book, which tells you about all the different ways that cats have been immortalized throughout history. There are postcards, there's textiles where they people embroidered cats, there's cat glass, there's all sorts of stuff. Did you bring this because of the stereotypes of librarians and cats? I did not. It was more interesting than our uh, cigarette lighters collector's book. I mean, that's that's just a subjective, you know. That is true. That's true. That's based on my own, I guess it's my own bias towards cats as a librarian. But we have a, an astounding amount of collectibles books, not just about cats, but about all sorts of things. I also have something from our AV collection. What it does is, AV mean again? Uh, so AV is audiovisual. Okay, thank you. So this is our Memories of Elvis uh, collector's box. It has a movie in it. I know, it's astounding. A movie, it has a little pamphlet about him. It has posters of news articles, and it also has a bunch of pictures. And so it's not just... Like loose pictures that you can, like, look at? Loose pictures you can look at at your leisure, admire Elvis at your your own speed. We do know how many pictures are in there, so you can't take them home with you unless you check it out. But it has all sorts of cool stuff, and it's not just the standard, you know, Elvis pictures that have been in all the magazines. It's, like, him on a boat. It's him holding, like, this... Elvis on a boat. Look, Elvis on a boat, Elvis shirtless on a boat. What? Okay, you buried the lead there. (laughs) (laughs) That's the interesting part. State documents does not sound super interesting. I mean, I will admit it is not like, oh my gosh, y'all have state documents? I'm coming there. I want to look at all of them. But there are treasures in these state documents. One of my favorite things, and granted, I am a person who has a favorite state document, so we'll, we'll leave that there. But the state biennial reports, the things inside are just so fascinating. So yesterday I had occasion to look at the the 1901-1903 biennial reports, and I was looking at the state insane asylum, and that sounds mean to say it like that, but that's what it was called then. And in fiscal year 1902, they had 6,001 patients, and 3,700 of them were from Mississippi. They also have a list of the assumed causes of insanity that brought the people to the asylum. Some of the good ones, sunstroke, fright, 
cigarette smoking, excitement, jealousy, disappointment in love, syphilis, and religion. You know, it's got it all. And then I also thought this was interesting. Most patients were only there between two and 12 months before they were cured and sent home. And only 15, no, only seven of them were there for 15 years or more. At least in this time, it was a treatment center. You were cured of your religion. (laughs) (laughs) It was long enough for people to get over their disappointment and love. They're like, oh, I feel better now. I'll go home. I got over it. Speaking of the insane asylum, we have the Mississippi Progress Sheet, which was printed in the Occupational Therapy Department of the Mississippi State Hospital. What year is that? Uh, So this is from 1941. It's number four of new volume five. Hmm. It has some artwork. And so on the back, the editor, who very much thinks highly of his own opinions (laughs) and who really wanted to get his voice out there, His name is Brooks L. Vincent. He was the editor, public relations director, and medical librarian. So he really, he did a lot of stuff. He did. He was like, this paper's mine. Yeah. Y'all are making me do all these jobs, (laughs) and I'm going to make this paper. He was very busy. It has a by-the-way section, which is just like Vincent-isms. He just just made up these little sayings and put them in his paper. Like, two can live as cheap as one if one don't eat. Um, from Vincent. <laughs> I am going to embroider that on a pillow. You should. Uh, put a cat on it. You could be in our cat collectibles oh book. I, it's all coming together. It really is. Anyway, that's my that's my tie-in to the state insane asylum. Okay. What else you got? I have some old yearbooks that I really love because apparently people used to be really a whole lot nicer. And they wrote the sweetest things ever about their classmates. So this is the quadruplane, which is from Central High School. And this is from... What year is this? This is 1927. So, said of Joe Ellis Bowie, her sunny locks hang on her temples like a golden fleece. So, we have the Reveille, which is Mississippi State's yearbook, and this is 1939. And apparently in 1939, they made their junior ROTC, or their ROTC program, I don't know if it's junior, wear onions around their necks for several days. This gives me an awesome idea for new employees. Mm. The onion. Yes. You have to wear an onion. According to the Reveille, after a few days of wearing them, these boys didn't have a friend in the world. So, it, you know, it would, make, it would make our new employees feel so sad. They wouldn't have any friends. But maybe they would bond together, all the onions. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll <laughs> just call them the onions. Like when we hire a new person, we'll say, hey, you're an onion now. So you talked about things that were in our Mississippi reference collection. But we also have a Mississippi, a general collection. We have two copies of lots of Mississippi fiction books. We have some cookbooks here and there. And one of the items that's in our Mississippi collection is Tammy Wynette's cookbook. And it is a treat. If you love very simple kind of gross food, you will love Tammy Wynette's cookbook. Tammy Wynette, a Mississippian, She has real recipes for, you know, chicken and dumplings, stuff like that. But she also has a recipe for easy corn dogs. And easy is spelled E-Z. It's actually checked out right now, so I couldn't look at it. But it says something like, get a weenie and put it on a stick. And then you put some batter on it and you fry it. But I don't know. I just found this really amusing. That does sound easy. Yes. I mean, if... Yes, we can all do it. A child could do it <laughs> if, the sharp, if the stick is not too sharp. Yes. In our nonfiction collection, we have a variety of, you know, 
nonfiction books on, on every subject. But one of the things that I really love, we have this book. It's a reprint of a book from 1896. It's called Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine. In every category of medical curiosity, this book has reports of this this one French doctor said he had a man who ate 17 snakes or whatever. As one does. Uh, well, and I'm, I'm getting to my favorite, my favorite person in here. So there are hilarious and weird and probably made up things throughout this. And, and I am interested in what people thought medical things were before they discovered what they really were. So that, that, that is a, a source of amusement. But I recently learned about this Frenchman named Terrar. And if you don't know about Terrar, you're going to need to Google him. It's T-A-R-A-R-R-E. And he is found in this book under the heading, Further Examples of Depraved Appetites. So Terrar, he had this insane appetite. It's actually called polyphagia, when you just eat meat meat. He ate a quarter of beef. It's a quarter of a cow. Just, to, I mean, I know, I'm, I'm just saying it again. In 24 hours. It was not his fault, Tracy. He had this, this, this he had disease. Oh, he, he totally did. And this is what this book said. He was fond of the most revolting things. He particularly relished the flesh of serpents and would quickly devour the largest. He ate almost instantly a dinner that had been prepared for 15 vigorous workmen and drank the accompanying water. After his meal, his abdomen was so swollen it resembled a balloon. Anyway, so if you find this kind of thing interesting and amusing, we have this book that is 914 pages of crazy stuff like that. You know what could have been wrong with Tarar? What? He could have had worms. What? I know. He could have had worms. And I have a solution for him from uh, The Hornet, which was a paper from Carrollton, Mississippi. In 1843. I just have to say that was a beautiful segue. Thank you. I was so excited that you talked about him having such a problem because Dr. Hall, who sells these worm lozenges Mm. in this ad from 1843, Mm -hmm. he says one of the things that happens with the 100,000 children who die of worms every year, they have a very increased appetite. They also, I know, they also have offensive breath, crazy dreams. Like, if you feel it's like... It's just so, the worm talking the whole time. It's just a worm. The worm is you now. If you feel something rising in your stomach, so if you're like, oh my gosh, the worm is crawling up my esophagus now, I better take a lozenge. Dr. Hall has it for you. And it's only 25 cents with full instruction. So in 1843, I wonder how much a quarter was worth. You know, you can call our reference desk at 877-QUICKREF. That's K-W-I-K-R-E-F. And they will convert 25 cents for you. So you found this in microfilm. So we, I did find this on Tell microfilm. us about the microfilm collection. So we have a pretty big microfilm collection of local Mississippi newspapers. We have probably a newspaper for almost every city. You'd be surprised at how many little towns there are with their own little newspapers. And they all have fun names, like The Hornet for mm-hmm. Carrollton. And the article that I found in this one that I love, because it's about spiritualism, mm-hmm. is about spiritualist photography. And they are not kind to the photographers. They talk about the photographer mediums, and they're like, we dare say medium photographers. Really throwing some shade mm. on those photographers. Another thing that we have in microfilm, and we actually have these digitized as well, during the Works Progress Administration, each state was going to create a travel guide. 
So they sent all these field workers to every county to gather that county's history. So each county has this file. The, what we have are the raw pages, uh, the raw manuscript that was used to create the state guide. Well, the state guide doesn't have nearly the amount of stuff that these county histories do. They talk about like Old Man Johnson's famous oak tree that fell down in 1902 and everyone's still crying about it and whatever, like the flora and fauna of each county. I mean, they are rich with detail and they're the only place to find these things because it didn't make it into the, you know, the state one. Several years ago, we got a reference question from someone who, whose grandmother told him this story. When she was little, she, li- she grew up in Kilmichael, which is in Montgomery County. The legend was, and she s- claims it was not a legend, it was totally true. There was this Indian man, they called him Nancy. He had six toes on, I don't know, if both feet, one foot, not sure, but he ran around barefoot. He had six toes, so you could see his little six-toed toe print if he had been around. You Apparently, if you opened your back door and said, hey, Nancy, in just a few seconds, a rock would hit your house because he was always there out in the woods somewhere. Okay, so this is the story this man's grandmother had told him. And of course, when someone has a story like this and they approach you with at the reference desk, you have to, okay, all right, let's let's see if we can find it. I did not have hope, but I looked at things like what Native Americans were in this area. Do they have a legend of someone with this magic arm? As a last resort, because I was now obsessed with Nancy and his six toes and his rock throwing ability, I looked at the WPA file for Montgomery County and in the section about land grants to Indians, do you know Nancy was in there? Nancy was a real person. Did he have six toes? I don't know. Did he have a magic arm where he could throw a rock from miles away? I don't know. But Nancy was issued a land grant in Montgomery County. So Nancy was real, y'all. Nancy was real. And that is the kind of treasure you can find in a WPA county file. You're not going to find that anywhere else. You'll find me talking about it every day of my life because it was insane. How could you not talk about I Nancy know. every day? I Nancy is a part of thread of my life now. So, Well, another little Mississippi story in our Mississippi collection. We have a lot of Mississippi-centric stories and books. And this one is actually about the Mississippi Lizzie Borden, Mm -hmm. um, who, if you remember, gave her mother 40 wax uh, with an axe. But this woman, whose name was not Lizzie, her name was Weta Keaton, shot her mother, chopped her up, burned everything but her pelvic region and thighs, attempted to dispose of those remains on a one-lane isolated road, Left a ton of evidence, 100%, got arrested, went to jail. It was not good for Weta. It wasn't good for her mother either. Nobody had a good time. Um, But we have a book about the story, which I had never actually heard about until I was just looking for cool stuff. And one of my coworkers, Elizabeth, was like, oh, the leg scandal. Yes. And I was like, what was, what's that? It led me to this book, which is called The Legs Murder Scandal, because her legs were the only things yes. that were left when she tried to flush her mother down the toilet, which is another thing that she did. Yeah. I am a big, I don't know, fan, but I am very interested in Weta Keaton You're into and this the story. Legs Murder uh, Scandal? Yes. 
before this book was written, the man who wrote it, he used to come to the Library Commission for research. And so we formed the Weta Keaton Appreciation Society just because we liked talking about Weta Keaton. Like, did she do it? Because she had an accomplice. She was having an affair with her older boss, and he was married. And he, he's all up in this, this stuff, too. Did they do it together? Did she act alone? That's the big mystery. Apparently, I think he was in charge of getting rid of some of the mother's body. And then I guess she got tired. So she puts this piece of her mom in the car and, the, and she drives out and she only walks like 20 feet off the road. She has this parcel yes. that is her mother and she walks 20 feet and she dumps it in the woods and then she comes back to her car and she's stuck in the mud. So she like flags someone down and they come along and she's like, my car's stuck. Hi, I'm just here 20 feet from my mother's body in case anyone needs a witness to what I am doing. Hunter Cole, the author, we had all kinds of conversations about like, did she, did he do it? What happened? And he dug up a piece of evidence that absolutely says one way or the other, what happened? I'm not going to spoil it. But he found the one thing that made me think, oh my God, you're right. You're right. She did it. She totally did it. 100%. So if you're intrigued by true crime and local crime, The Legs Murder Scandal by Hunter Cole is a must read. We have all kinds of things at the Library Commission that you can check out. They're not all weird. We just kind of brought some of the things that we find amusing and interesting to to talk about today, but we have regular things too. This Which is- are much less fun to talk about because they don't talk about, you know, chopping your mom's legs off and right. throwing them in the woods. So the Library Commission has all kinds of wonderful materials that you can check out, you can use in-house, and we encourage you to come on by and take a look. And if you need help finding any of these wonderful things, you can contact us or just come on in. And if you can't come on in, you can text us or call us um, at the number Tracy mentioned earlier, and we will look for you and find whatever weird stuff you're looking for. That's right. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.